the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Live from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery at 1604 in Bolverde Road. During the next two hours, our experts will help you with your gardening questions when you call 210-308-8867. That's 210-308-8867. Or come by Millburgers during the show and have your question answered in person. And now it's time for Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930. 30 a.m. The answer. And welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9:30 a.m. The answer. Milton Glick, along with Dr. Calvin Finch, Mark Peterson, Trace Hazlett of Millburgers, is on the porch with us starting off. So we can't. We got to take a break, Trace. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. We ran up right up against a break there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you got lots of folks that can answer your questions at 210-308-8867. That's 210. 210- 308-8867. Milton. Yes? We have listeners from across the country. Yes, I we do. Been, I have been informed. Yes, we do. From we... New York to Michigan to Colorado to California. Cool. No. Cool. All relatives. They're all my relatives. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. I knew that's where he was going. <laughs> I thought I was going to make the joke. Well, howdy, relatives. <laughs> I d- Are they all Petersons? All of us had the same thoughts. Uh. We all knew I knew where that was coming from. <laughs> but we actually really do. So I thought, okay, what 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 happened here? But yeah, we got our guy from Michigan. Yeah. Is that Bert? Who's our Who's our hello to Bert, Bert is our uh, is our Michigan guy. I've yet to talk to Bert. I would love to hear Bert because I because I left uh, when he called back. I had asked okay. him to call back and I had already left. Okay, Bert, call in and y'all can talk. You can talk Michigan a little bit. Uh, and of course, uh, we have uh, our. Is it the other Bert that's from Chalmette? Who's our Chalmette guy? Chalmette. Chalmette. Well, don't don't say it like you don't know what Chalmette is. The Battle of eighteen twelve, uh, Battle of New Orleans. Sounds like yeah. Sounds like some Louisiana history. Or it something. is. It is. Okay. Anyway, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Oh, and uh, I thought of an idea because of the book. If we want to just bring it up for just general topics. So Mark was bragging on a book that he found yesterday at a book sale. I found a book at a book sale, uh, Texas uh, Getting Started, Started Guide by Mary Irish, but uh, but I haven't really looked through it yet. Does it get your seal of approval? Yes, it is very good. Okay, good. Okay. Is this new? Uh, new? Oh no, 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 no. no, no. Two thousand thirteen. Yeah, uh, I got it's it. It's one of his last public. I got it at a little book sale. So, what's your favorite? I should have known better, huh? Yeah. What's your favorite book? You can call us and tell us your favorite. Uh, Gardening book, whether uh, Mark, you, what was the one you got at the book sale? Oh, uh, this Neil is Sperry. actually uh, Neil Sperry. Yeah. And, and for those listeners to know that I always have some discussions about Neil. Neil Sperry's Complete Guide to Texas Gardening. Okay. The second edition. Trace, do you have a favorite? Oh, okay. Wow. Do you have a favorite book on gardening? Okay. I, I like uh, I like Greg Grant's yeah public yeah. book book on. Uh, Gardening because it breaks down the the uh, 
landscape to very various parts. I, I have written uh, a paper of that. Uh, it listed about twenty of what I call the Texas Gardener, uh, different books that everyone should have, and one of them is Greg Grant because yeah. how uh, how he breaks down the process of landscape design. Yeah. Sab- I'll, bet, I'll bet Sally Wasowski's books on that list yeah, too. It, it is. Well, I was eyeballing the book he has it over here that he didn't talk about. Oh yeah, I haven't seen one of those in a long time. Yeah, how old is uh, that? This is uh, ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Yes. Did you find that at the book sale too? No, no, no. This, I had gotten this. Got this that? is an original. Uh, okay. Uh, Wait a minute. What did we? Uh, I got. The, I had a. Um, subscription to that too where did we get that because we were on the radio or uh no we were friends with the radio oh, okay this particular radio that station it was a, a another oh, yeah. station, another station. Station. i was on that radio though oh were oh, okay. you okay yeah uh, back in the old days yeah. okay um yes but uh i was friends with everyone on that radio uh-huh. cool Okay, yeah. uh, and and a lot of the the recommended varieties are still recommended to this day. That's good. Well, okay, Two either, either we're not moving uh, very far or very fast, or you did a good job, or you did an excellent job. Yeah, let's and, go with the latter. That I think we shall. All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. 210-308-8867. We hope to talk to some folks from the San Antonio Zoo today at uh, 1 o'clock and see what, uh, talk a little bit about their butterfly garden. That'll be fun. Yeah, That's, it will uh, be. reminds me, another one of my favorite books is uh, Gaeta Jilski's Gardening, no, 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 gardening no, no. for I, Birds. I, I was wondering if he was going to even attempt to pronounce her last name, and I can't. Oh, okay. Oh, I can't. Either yeah, every, he slurred it. So every, every time I... Uh, Give a program and and pronounce and pronounce her name. I yes. about there, there the, the neat thing is though that four people correct yeah. me and they all have different yeah. pronunciations. There, there's a, an A and an S and a V what and a, a T A S at the end. So what I can do is just have a technical difficulty whenever you say oh, your name. That's, yeah. So what's her name again? Gaeta. <laughs> so what's her first name? Gaeta. Okay, that's the name you have trouble with? No, 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 the last name. Oh, and the last name is? Well, they're both together. Oh, he's not helping me. He's not, he's not getting the joke. He's not, he's not helping me. Okay. Oh, you know, I wonder, can you hear me bring it down? Yeah, okay. This one's about, uh, she, she writes uh, about butterflies. She's okay. Uh, Excellent. Butterfly. It is the best butterfly book we have. Oh, cool. Okay, I'll have to look for it at yeah. my book sales. Uh, All right, 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867 and toll free. It's 866 Okay, we believe you now. Yeah. Okay, do you, uh, Trace, you mentioned that a lot of folks were uh, in yesterday buying um, houseplants. House which, plants. Yeah, which is cool. They kind of, it sounds like uh, people kind of get the houseplant bug with the poinsettia. Yes, and they then uh, they, they're used to having a plant, they're used to taking care of it. Now the poinsettia is past its prime yeah and they still like having a plant there yeah, yeah. now my article next week next saturday is talks about caring for right the holiday plants like and, poinsettia and, and i used to have well, ca- I had, christmas I, cactus i had an article uh, with a, on the garden style san antonio.com i had an article on that i think i had a couple articles on how to maintain your your christmas gift uh, okay talk about all of them the poinsettias, 
Yeah. Uh, so, so at uh, you can uh, if you're wait, waiting to get some information. Uh, the neat thing is that the uh, the poinsettia can last for a year, a year plus, a couple years if you want it to. My, uh, <laughs> I've had a couple of them that uh, the the uh, uh, one of my staff people uh, takes care of it and just keeps going indefinitely. I have found they them. never look quite the same. Yeah. I, I threatened to uh, throw it in a compost pile, you and should've. boy, that really you gets. Should've. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> Trace's answer. I, we had one that lasted a while too, but it never quite. It was really more because it was alive, and it, it we we were struggling to keep it going. We, we, this had become our baby, but hey, Robert is on the line real quick at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight. 8867. What you know, Robert, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How you doing today? Doing well, thank you very much. Quick question. Uh, stump and vine killer, the brush-on product you all talk about, is that going to be effective after the brush has defoliated? Yes. It okay. works. It, it works uh, even even when there's no leaves on the on the plant. All right, very good. I'll see you all in a little bit. I'll come by some. All right, come, all right. come wave at us so we know you you came in. Just, just, just all all fingers though, if that's okay. Yes. Uh, sometimes yeah, all, all some, four fingers and the thumb. Nothing thank in between. You. Sometimes it's okay. yeah. Okay. All right. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. You know we don't talk a lot about. Uh, we'll take the opportunity uh, to talk about the cut vine and stump killer. We bring it up a lot, but uh, let's do it again so folks know. Yeah. Well, the, one of the things that I like about it is that. It, it's one of the most reasonably priced, effective uh, herbicides. Yeah, I like it. It's direct. Uh, you got to put it right on the cut, and you're not spraying it around. Yeah. You're putting it right on the cut, and it's very direct, and it's very effective. Yeah, extremely effective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once a year, I run it through my fence line. I take down the uh, appropriate fence boards, uh, give the tree a little little cut and okay but that's that's where they always end up so in the fence line of uh yeah there's a reason for that i think is. okay well see you can even use it at like in a rose bed that without uh if no, you're careful without because uh. it, because it's a contact all right right so let's talk about um how you apply it so what i thought was although i think there's a little different philosophy now was you were going to cut where you wanted to cut the plant, like uh, two inches off the ground. Okay, and then and then take it and paint the cut vine and stump killer on the cut. Now that key all there, over it. You you waved in a number of times. Yes. Yeah, you actually only have to go one yeah. time. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's uh, it comes in different applicators. Some are like. Uh, uh, so the, small, the crazy glue the, the, droplets. The small one has like a fingernail polish. R- okay. Yeah. okay. All right. And then the others are concentrates. And uh, I take an old paintbrush that's not good for anything else. And I put it in a little cup. And All right. So let's that. say that I do something different. For instance, let's say I cut the bark a little bit to expose the, you know, the mm-hmm. what is that called inside? Cambium the phloem, the cambium layer. Okay. And then I just put it on that little cut. Yeah. It's not cutting the plant in half or cutting it two inches off the ground. Will it not work? Will it work? It sh- it should work. Yeah, oh, okay. Well, but not. Is, isn't it more difficult than just cutting, just pruning it? Yeah. 
Making that, that precise know. slice. Yeah. Well, I'm going to turn myself in. So, I have before uh, drilled holes in a tree okay. on, on my side and put it in those holes. Okay. And how does that work? And it did kill the tree. Okay. It did? It did. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. And you didn't tell your neighbor that, that you were the one that did it. Right? It was not my house. It oh. was a, a nursery that no longer exists. And oh. we were oh. taking care of the tree that was blocking our fork. Oh, okay. So, uh, and I have had somewhere like, I think it's Ligustrum, where you cut it and you put it and it seems to kill it and then it comes up again. Ligustrum does not want to die. Is that Lug- accurate? Ligustrum japonica is very hard to control. Okay. That's the one that you see all the in the Olmos Park the, area. With the big okay. grapes. Is it the fence line, fence line type plant? Yes. Okay. Uh, I uh, don't San Antonio I'm Country Club uses it as a, oh. a golf no, ball no, screen. I don't think it's there. I've got a lot of it in my yard. Now, some of, some of it sprouts because it's got a, a, a shallow root system spread out, but... But it's not uh, as a, uh, in general. It doesn't. It doesn't sprout. Wow. I don't notice that it sprouts any more than I haven't seen it other than from more berries that have fallen. So is it coming back from the? Oh uh, no! I thought it was coming back. Stem? I thought it was coming back from the limb, from the roots and the stem. But no. If you see the foliage coming out of the same stem, that, that's an issue. But uh, I bet that it's coming back out of the ground. From, yeah, that's from, from yeah. another seed. Oh, that's oh. possible. I didn't think of that. That's why okay. the hack, hackberries are never ending because oh. it's a never ending story. More and more seed. Okay. Uh, and then the other question I had was: Okay, how long does it take it to? get to the point where I can just pop it out of the ground because it was even though I did it and even though it clearly kind of turned a a nasty shade of brown it was entrenched it did not want to go anywhere that could be a couple years yeah oh a couple years really yeah Yeah. or is there a depends on how how big a thing it was it was uh, I've had hackberries three or four inches uh, caliper on my fence line before yeah, it was it was pretty big. So that means it's going to take longer. Well, yeah, it's got a yeah. bigger root system. It's got to okay. decompose. Okay. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Is how can you get it to decompose quicker? Yes. How do and, I get it to decompose and, quicker? And for those type for the legustrums, it's it's rather hard. Okay. They have some toxic chemicals in there. In their All right. Roots. So, what is a best practice now that I've got this two inch stump? Get a drill. Okay. And you can use the, the, there's another stump product that we have. Yep. It's uh, saltpeters in it. So it's okay. uh, kind of like gunpowder, but not. And it makes a cellulose tissue, uh, like balsa wood would be the best description. It turns it into uh, very uh, weak wood that can be chipped hmm. out or can be burned out with a charcoal briquette. You know, what? Sometimes, this sometimes is cool, even, uh, although I'm a, no, I no, tend no, to be no, sort no. of an accident waiting no. to happen, so I'm not sure Laura would go for anything that involved fire. But You'd have to do it on... Uh, sometimes you uh, fertilizer <laughs> just applied over the top of a... If you can just cut it pretty right. low. Get, get some 19.59 and put it down on yes. the... Right. And I've heard a rumor... And and some some uh, some compost or something like oh, that okay. to, to encourage the growth of fungi. I've heard a rumor that molasses... Really? Would speed that along. Again, it's done, simple sugar. It's done with cactus, so uh, I don't see why it wouldn't work. Oh, okay. It, it, uh, it, what's in, it's in, encouraging bacteria and fungi. Okay. 
So that's what you're doing. Does it harm anything else since it's encouraging uh, bacteria and no. fungi? It's it decay fungi. It actually makes the soil better. Yeah. Oh. And there are people that put molasses over their entire yard. Okay. I remember people talking about that. It's like steroids for the microbes. Okay. The mycorrhizal fungi? Yes. <laughs> Is it the same thing? No. Different no? fungi. The, yeah. Okay. These are, this is saprophytic fungi. Oh, man. Not, my, not mycorrhizae. Oh, this beneficial saprophytic? Yeah, that's I, I, the decay know, fungi. Let's just keep I'm, learning, a, I'm giving you learn. Let's new keep words. religion out of this. <laughs> I don't care if they're saprophytic or whatever. Whatever they practice is fine. I'm not going to go there. I am not going to go gonna there. You're not going to go there? Okay. okay. Even though I know what you're alluding to. Oh, no, I wasn't actually. I was just making a silly joke. Yeah. No, I wasn't alluding no, to anything. No, no, no. You're, not a, you're not a fun guy. Uh, thank you. <laughs> nice. Very nice. All right. Yeah. 210-308-8867. I've also seen... Some Christmas trees uh, that have been uh, stacked it's, up by the uh, little it's a regular, shed over there. It's a regular thing. We yep. get phone calls, hey, are you still doing that? Of course we are. And we'll even take them past that date. We just won't hand them a coupon. Oh, okay. That's cool. Uh, so what, if they bring it in before the 16th, so is that... Oh, wait. Is that next Tuesday? Well, the 7th, so... Is it, uh, let's see. Uh, nursery for Recycling by January 16th uh, to receive a 20% off coupon. Remember to move, remove all ornaments. So, uh, yeah. So what do they get? Well, I just said what they get to receive the 20% off coupon, which you can, if you have more than one tree, because your neighbor has just tossed it out on the curb, take the ornaments off that your neighbor didn't, and you can get two coupons that can be used at two separate times. And the ornaments that they didn't take off, you get to keep them. You can, <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Okay. So I've heard. Okay. The pickles, too. Huh? The pickles, the apparently. Pickles, yeah. oh, I bet those pickles come down. Have you all taken I'm your tree down yet? When you guys find me, a pickle, show it to me. My right? wife asked me, did you look for the pickles? And I'd forgotten. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was a bad, a bad she, answer. She, well, she spends a lot of time trying to. Oh, I hide them. Do you that, that was the, that's the whole deal is you have to hide is the pickle. Is that a Christmas and tradition? The children have to find the pickle German, and they get German something. Tradition, I'm, yeah. I'm oh, sure. okay. And what do they get? What do you get if you find it? Just bragging rights. Okay. <laughs> is there a t-shirt you get to wear and a um, could be. Okay. Uh, rumor has it. Maybe. It's okay, maybe. Okay. Bragging, bragging rights. Bragging rights. There is we go. the only guarantee. Um, and I found them in this length of time. There you go. That's true. Who, who holds who found the, them the fastest? Who holds the record at the house? Do you? Do you uh, recall? It's never me. Okay. Uh, I think I think my wife would tell my daughter where they were at. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. All right. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. The number to call. <laughs> oh, right. hey! You must have been just down the street. Yeah. Cool. Well, hang on. We'll 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 say hi to you. Uh, but uh, we, we'll take a quick break. Or did you want to come on the air? No, okay. We'll take a quick break and come back in a moment. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Toll free, 866-308-8867. Robert's here. We'll say hi to him and come back after this on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, whether it's uh, getting get folks together to uh, to grill or to treat them, uh, because there's a there's a game on that you're all watching together, like tomorrow or the big game, because I can't say the other name for some reason. Um, 
The uh, place to go to get the uh, perfect food over there is uh, Prusky's Market right there in Atkins, Texas. Great, delicious meats and a wide variety. I mean, incredible selection. Uh, Calvin was talking about the Swedish sausage. They have incredible sausage over there. The jalapeno and cheese. Yes? Meatballs. Oh, okay, the meatballs. Swedish meatballs. Oh, the Swedish meatballs? Okay. Yeah. Is that... Yeah. Oh, it's Swedish sausage. No, he wanted the Swedish sausage. Oh, okay. He wanted, the, he wanted the potato sausage, but they have... Yeah, uh, uh, yeah that's right. They're, a lot of people call it potato sausage. Yeah. They have that. They have great Swedish. sausage, dried goods. They have the bacons, uh, a great selection of beef. They have lots of frozen and chilled products. They have the, uh, the sandwich meats that are the boar's head. I mean, you'll find whatever you're looking for at Prusky's, plus outstanding service. Uh, to help you. So, for instance, if you know you want to do something tomorrow for the game, like grilled brisket or burgers or, or steaks, uh, you can call them today, as a matter of fact, and order it and uh, pick it up tomorrow. Or uh, you may even be able to pick it up today because you're calling right now. That's 830-227-8322. Now, they close at 5 today, so call early, 830-227-8322. Uh, you can get the Yanta meats, uh, which are the uh, natural meats, which means no growth hormones and no antibiotics. Uh, but check it all out at Prusky'sMeatMarket.com. That's Prusky'sMeatMarket.com. And uh, really, it's so much fun. It, it, it truly is because it's an old, it's kind of that old-fashioned, that's one of the slogans, is the quality you deserve and the, the service you remember, the quality you deserve. And... Um, yeah, you'll you'll love the experience and say hi to them. It's on eighty seven, between four ten and sixteen oh four. Say say hi to Edmund for me. All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Toll free eight six six three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. So. Um, what can we? I don't, I don't know. You're looking at me. Oh, I I, I thought. Oh, he just gave us this kind of. I get, we, no, we all were. We were talking about Pruskis. Yeah. We all started oh, having okay. visions. Um, uh, no, visions gonna, of sausage. I was, sausage, I was peeking yeah. at Calvin's article to see oh, if oh, we wanted to one? talk about with Calvin. What well, we, which well one? We, I have the last three weeks. Okay. So, uh, let's see. This is uh, the sixth. Conditions right for annuals to flourish. And mm. also perennials. Okay. So uh, we we chatted a little bit about this yesterday. We're talking about because we're looking at uh, all the butterflies on mm-hmm. uh, purple trailing lantana. Yeah. And um, and then uh, in his article, Calvin also talks about the native ones, and and some of the non-native invasive. However, they have kind of naturalized in the, in the area. The uh, chimera. I, I'm drinking my coffee. Sorry, oh, okay. sorry, yeah, listeners. The, the Camara and, and the native uh, lantana really look really look good. This, this yeah, fall. I know. This was like they, they after a very dry, dry, dry summer, and then you give them a little rain, and they look spectacular. Yeah. I can almost hear them saying, yeah. "What are the rest of you plants yeah, complaining about? This is uh, perfect." No. <clears throat> now, lantana is a drought tolerant. Uh, zero escape, if you will, um, type of plant. Um, so it, it withstands uh, low water mm-hmm. very well, uh, but it, it appreciates a little bit of rain. 
Okay. Oh, and we didn't even talk about, was it Monday's rain? Was it New Year's Day rain or Tuesday? Yeah. I think it was Tuesday. Yeah, because I was oh. up at work. So, But anyway, we can go back to that. And then Is eventually it? we have to talk about the storm coming through. Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll talk about that. The... Um, uh, the native lantana you were talking about, is that the one that has all the different colors on the blooms? It has the, the yellow and the pinkish and the... Well, yeah, well, it's, it's kind of hard. It's kinda, yeah, it's kind of a debate. I I try to define the uh, chimera as the... Uh, is that the name of the native lantana? No, uh, it's the uh, naturalized. Yeah, yeah, no, the uh, chimera is a cross between a Jamaican Caribbean one and... And another local and, and, one, but it's everywhere, yeah, so it's, it's hard everywhere. not to declare. Oh. So anything we call it ham and eggs as the variety name, and so it's kind of pink and and yellow. Oh, okay. And then the other the other one is uh, is the uh, like yellow, yellow and orange. Yes, one. that's the native one. Is yellow? Oh, that's and the orange. native one. Okay. Yeah. And then there's crosses between that's, those. That, two. That, that's the key there. You can if you have a patch like in a neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, if you've got one, you've got usually you have two or three of the color versions. If it's really big and if it's uh, this yellow and pink, mm-hmm. then that's probably the non-native one. Oh, okay. The ours tend to be small, uh, not getting very large. But so the 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 chimera can get you know four or f- four or five feet tall. Okay. So can you? We have lots of lantana. Can you buy the Camara? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's and still yeah. it's still in sale. Okay. And you can buy lots lots of variations and yeah. there, there's hybrids. Pu- and yeah, I was gonna say there's purists who refuse to buy that. They only buy the the native. Uh, okay. There's others that use it uh, judiciously. Okay. That's a big word for you. It is. I'm going to have to, but but I got Google. I can look it up. Okay. So don't try to run any of your big words like semicircle, whatever you've mentioned. What what did you Sephiroth? Something? What? I don't know. Anyway. All right. Now 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 I've forgotten it already. Oh, okay. I I sure noticed Sephir. When I walked walked into the. the studio here, I was noticing all the fruit <laughs> trees out there. Gosh, they're in that time. Yes, and that's uh, important for everybody to remember. Traditional fruit tree time is the end of this month. So on that note, yes, yes. I'm a good segue for Our you. seminar for the 20th, uh, after some conflicting dates. Oh, yeah, thank you turns, for that. Turned out that now it's going to be uh, fruit trees with, by David Rodriguez. Yeah. And we had a listener yesterday that wanted to know, and I will call them too, but they want, they sent a message to the station uh, saying they wanted to register for David's fruit tree seminar. So here's the good not, news. Not needed. Right. So we'll provide seating for as many people that show up. Yep. Uh, now, Calvin's, you do need to register for. Yes. All right. And do you want to tell them what your two things are? Hmm? Tell them what your two uh, okay. seminars are. Well, the, the, the first one is the Butterfly and Milkweed is here at Millburgers on uh, February 3rd. And it, it's, uh, we'll, uh, the reason we register for these is because we, everybody that uh, attends, if they're interested, will we'll get a uh, some of the 
seeded um, milkweed, and right. so and so we got to, you know, we we want to uh, monitor how those milkweeds do, and we also have to you know have to kind of limit our our expenditures. But uh, so that'll be that'll be part of it. It'll be be a free program. Uh, but it'll be uh, you'll carry off some uh, milkweeds, get some choices. We got uh, lots of choices there, and then the uh, second one, if you uh, if it's more convenient for you to go to the Dream Hill Estates Education Resource Center over there, but Medical Center, that that one is on uh, March second, and uh, and that that program is at nine thirty in the morning. And you you do register for that one too. The number there is two two ten three eight two four four five five. And then during the month, and Al has that number back at the station. So if yeah. you didn't get it, just call Al at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Now the, during the month, we'll have the uh, rodeo tomato programs. Uh, mm-hmm. One here at uh, Millburgers, and then one one at the. Education Resource Center too. I couldn't get the name from David. Ah, <sighs> we'll, we'll work on it. Maybe hey. I can talk. I to bet him. he knows it. It's a number. That's hmm. as much as I got out. Somebody said that yesterday. Yeah, it that, is that I, okay. yeah, I remember it as a, a number. Okay. I like the names. But better. I booked some. No, I like I Snapper. Said, yeah, I'll, I'll take twenty flats of that unnamed tomato. Oh, okay. Yeah, that red that red snapper is one yeah, of my favorite. Yeah. Names. Oh, well, I guess on that note, I should say. Yes. Um, there were four varieties of tomatoes listed, but I only bought one. So there will be some celebrities coming in. Oh, good. People. Uh, so at some point this coming week. And they will be in the greenhouse. Okay. From the, from the time they unload off the truck, they will go in the greenhouse. That's smart. So does that mean that people should follow your lead and uh, also take care of them, kind of get them now, but take care of them a little special? Put it in a pot, a bigger pot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's okay to still do a gallon, but there's no reason they couldn't go to a three or a five. And uh, yeah, move, find move, it. move it in and out. Yeah, right. Put okay. them in the sheltered sun, and then uh, they, if it gets cold, you uh, put them in some mm-hmm. warm, warm area. Or windy. Yeah, that's right. true. That, the, the, the wind, yeah. the wind is the one I worry more. All yeah. right. Did you want me to find that for you? What wind? Yeah, the the weather. Okay, folks. so we're supposed to have a windy a couple next couple of days. That's why. And we have a silly coming up next uh, weekend, ish. What's coming up? Uh, looks like a freeze. Oh no! Mm. Close. So. Well, uh, three different sites. I'll say three different numbers. Lowest I saw was twenty-eight, and the highest I saw was thirty-four. Yeah, I've got. Let's pick the highest one. I've got well, Saturday, uh, Friday night with a low around 34. Is that the, were you thinking of it sat for Saturday morning? I can't tell. Okay. The way they do these sites. Okay, let's see. So tonight, 40% chance of showers after midnight for this evening. Patchy fog. You remember Patchy fog? Mm-hmm. I, have, yeah. I have several of Patchy's albums. Uh, after 2 p.m., otherwise increasing clouds with a low around 56 30% chance of rain tomorrow, thunderstorms before noon, patchy fog. Otherwise, let's see, gusts uh, south wind, 15 to 25 miles per hour, 
Winds could gust tomorrow. Wow. Okay, I thought it was further down the week. Uh, could gust as high as 35 miles per hour Monday night, uh, low around 41, windy, with gusts as high as 45 miles per mm-hmm. hour. That's pretty high. That's, that's like Santa Anita winds. Okay. I guess I'm covering tomorrow. Yeah, sounds like a 25 miles an hour on Wednesday. Uh, it looks like it's a windy week, 20 on Thursday. Yeah, so, and your point about bringing up the wind was? Well, it started to with the tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, it started with tomatoes, but it uh, desiccates a lot of plants. Okay. That's another big one for you. I know, man. i got to start taking. Al, will you, will you take note of these words and give them to me later? It desiccates, so yeah. It makes everything brown on the leaves. The leaves turn brown. All right. But just, well, actually, with the temperatures, you're probably covering just about everything that's outside that you want to protect, right? Well, the tropicals, a, anyway. If it's in a pot, I'd bring it in. Mm. Right. That's that's the, for sure. And in, in the ground, if it's a tropical, uh, well, at first, I guess I wouldn't have planted it in the ground. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah. But okay. if I if I did make that mistake, I would be figuring out a way to cover. Okay. But normal stuff, don't worry about. Don't worry about your, well, uh, except for temperature, citrus. Would you cover because of the wind on citrus? I would. Okay. I would, seriously, because mm-hmm. we, we want them to look good the next day, and that would make the leaves kind of get curly. Okay. And so uh, being proactive, we've already taken in all, almost all of our lemons and limes into the greenhouse. We left 10 of each uh, out here where they normally sit. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to think of what else you might... If you're not taking, it sounds like the containers take them in. If it's in a pot, you know, it's always um, best to be safe. Doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, yeah. bougainvillea and yeah. hibiscus. And All right. Um, so if I'm going to take the bougainvillea in, um, because we got lots of things running around the house, give it a haircut. I was going to say more portable. Get rid okay. Of the, get rid of some of the thorns. Okay. So that's that'll get rid of some of the blooms too. Yeah, the keys keeping it and alive. Not the blooms, yeah, the but, uh, the bracts. I would definitely give it a haircut. Okay. Bring, well, they make yeah, it manageable they do require in. light. I mean, they require some sun. Some. some well, no, uh, I'm not going to keep it in forever. But, no. But yeah, just during the cold and yeah, the, these temperatures are are covering uh, our. Temperatures that you would cover stuff and protect them or take them in. Well, the wind, I, the the freezing, yes, but uh, okay. the wind can be very destructive. All right, and then fire spike is finally blooming. It's in a container. But y'all suggested did cutting. it forgive you? Uh, yes, it did. Apparently. Uh huh. So no, no, it didn't. I haven't cut it back yet. So how far cut it in half and then bring it in? Well, if it's blooming, just how big is it? Uh, it's almost. Uh, can you can you bring it in? It's pretty heavy, but it's probably as tall as your tables out there. No, just carry the whole thing in. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of and the table, you get to keep enjoying the bloom. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's true. And any hummingbirds in the house will come right to it. Um, speaking of which, I was thinking, you know, you you all are very clever with the uh, the PVC and the pipe, and then you cover the, put that over there, which is good. Is there a lesson that somebody could pick up from their home garden, their home, their bed, 
by doing it that way, by taking the PVC? Because all you're doing is just, is it just one piece bent across and Correct. then kind of fastened down? Uh, yes. Okay. And then you would put your, because we were trying to figure out on the um, the cloth, did you want it touching or not? No. Okay, more, you don't. The more dead airspace you create, the warmer everything stays. Okay. And we purposely did this because sometimes we can do more damage by covering than what the cover helped us with. So we break off blooms right. and make things unsellable that way. So without picking it up off the plant, we can do more damage to the Okay. Without that, it just seemed like kind of a cool idea if you could figure out how to. If you got well, there's uh, some of those publications that you've been looking through, have uh, pretty good uh, information on uh, on cold protection. And if we, I suspect, if you went through our uh, articles that we've produced over the last over the years thirty years, yeah, yeah, that you would uh, get a lot of information. On uh, how to how to protect plants, Trace, you got you, any of those publications that you got there in the nursery that do a good job of that? Do you think? Can you remember? No, can't I've remember. seen some. But I just can't. Uh, I can't remember which I was, ones. Either. I was thinking the other day. Uh, winter protection can be as simple as mounding some leaves, old leaves, and a little bit of mulch around the base of the tree. Sounds like somebody from uh, Michigan. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, uh, I okay. mean you know, three or four inches of, of, of leaves around the base of a tree can be very sufficiently uh, protection against freezes. But it's protection, protecting the roots? It's protecting the root and the stem. Okay. And the stem. Because you're yeah. mounting it against the stem. Okay. So well, if you have a grafted material that will protect the graft oh that's kind of cool you may, you may lose the top but. well let's put let's put the word out uh for our listeners if you've got a a publication that uh, does a good job of uh yeah of talking about the kind the kind of structures that uh milton is looking for we're using the pl- plastic pipe and uh, which milbers milbergers does a good job on mm-hmm. here and uh We've had some gardeners, uh, master gardeners especially, that have done some pretty clever tents, you know, where they, and it's been easy for them to, re, to set them up. And well, this could even on. be done with a raised bed if it's got, you know, two-by-fours or landscape timbers, whatever. Uh, all this is is a piece yeah. of PVC conduit holder uh, screwed to the tables. Mm-hmm. And then the... Uh, and then how many years ago, I don't guess you replace those, that many of them, if any of them, every season. The, the pipes or the little holders? The holders. Mm, very few. Okay. Uh, sometimes they get bent around, but a lot of times with a screwdriver, and, we can pop them right back out. And the pipes? Uh, occasionally we get one that breaks. Okay. But uh, I would have to say 95% of these pipes are the same pipes I used the first time you we started, did. Yeah. How about, and how many years do you remember? I, I don't uh Eight, ten. Yeah, I think you're right. Maybe 11. All right, we're going to take a quick break. While we do, give us a call. The number 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. The number, by the way, to register for Calvin's class, 210, for here at Millburgers, 210-497-3760. 210-497-3760. Back in a moment on 930 AM, The Answer. 
Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South, Texas on 9.30 a.m. The answer, 210-308-8867. Let's take a second to talk to you about Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Termite, and Pest Control. Uh, If you are looking for a pest control company uh, that's been uh, tried and true, you know, uh, you really don't care how long they've been in business as long as they do the job. Well, it's part of their, their success is that that's what makes them so good is that since 1976, they've been helping homeowners and businesses to remain pest-free. And those businesses oftentimes, I, I, uh, they have to remain pest-free to stay open. Uh, and so uh, the uh, you want to uh, get a company that's going to look at the situation holistically. It's going to solve not only the uh, pest problem, but also why you're having it. And that's Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control. You can see some of those great reviews online, by the way, by going to GoSpiderManPest.com. That's GoSpiderManPest.com. And you can call them at 210-656-3721. 210-656-3721. All right. Lulu's uh, here, and she and Calvin are discussing uh, uh, caterpillars and... Uh, chrysalises and soon-to-be butterflies she's uh, one of our monarch mamas we've got names and, for them now and, and i was looking at uh, one of calvin's old articles here or last couple of weeks and he names all the different milkweeds that will grow here in san Antonio. oh okay and so uh and there were quite a few uh let's see there was a butterfly weed that's mm-hmm. uh, that i like that one because it's it's a little showy Okay. It has orange flowers. But we also have antelope horn, green, showy. I don't know what that one is. Uh, and swamp milkweed plus zizoides. Okay. So we have a bunch of, milk, of milkweeds yeah. that we can grow here. Uh, you can grow them by seed or by plant. They are notoriously difficult to germinate. Oh. That's part of the problem. Well, and he keeps talking about the natives and the fact that the the farmers, it becomes a pest? Well, yes, where he, he was, where Calvin grew up. Oh. It's the farmers, uh, yeah, hated them as pests and destroyed them. So we have an issue in certain parts of the Midwest, particularly the upper Midwest, of, of, of a limited amount of milkweed. Around here we have a lot of milkweed. We just don't have... A lot of uh, adult pollen producers. Oh, we'd like to have more. So we need to have more um, lantana and uh, porter weed. And what else mm-hmm. have we noticed over the years? Salvias in the fall. Blue yeah, blue curl early in the year. That's yeah. our favorite one. Folks, get your hands on some blue curl mm. next month. Yeah, that's... Uh doesn't take long for it to become a a dominant a dominant uh, wildflower yeah. in your uh, in your yard. It, uh, it gro- grows in shade or sun. Shade or sun. It's an early species, yeah, or early sure. season species, but it's one of the most predominant, prolific uh, bloomers and and feeders of the butterflies. All butterflies, in fact. Yeah, and it. Uh, Kind of coincides with the uh, mist flower about the time 
the uh, blue curl is done uh, yeah. blooming, then the mist flower is ready to take right. over. Right. So, okay. Then. So anyway, what were you and Lulu talking about? Yeah. Oh, she, uh, she was. They, she's already had a generation. Really? Yeah. The the those. Wow. Those caterpillars uh, did their did their little. Uh, what do, what do the, we call the those? Chrysalis. The chrysalis. 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 Yeah. And they hatched and are butterflies. And so I asked her if she wanted any more because uh, I got. Uh, on the uh, that uh, the giant the white, giant, yeah, yeah. So I got about 12, 12 more on there. They're they're not much activity right now, but the, um, and some of them are are uh, doing their chrysalis. But uh, I thought I'll, since the kids are are uh, benefiting by the educational experience and enjoying it so much, I thought that mm-hmm. it'd be worthwhile to uh, bring her some more. Are the chrysalis any larger on your giant milkweed? Are they larger? Yeah, because well, it's on a giant milkweed. Are they larger? No, they don't oh, seem to be. Okay. They, seem to, they seem to be a little. It surprised me they were such uh, a little. Uh, I don't know. I expected my expected larger ones. <laughs> you would think. Yeah, because the the plant because is it's, huge. Yeah. It's a nice plant, though. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's still putting pl- out new foliage. Oh, was yeah. it? Yeah, it, and it had a nice white flower. I was surprised, and it was fragrant. Most very fragrant. of the milkweeds are, with the exception of the tropical and the uh, tuberosa, our local one, mm-hmm. uh, butterfly weed. Um, they're not altogether showy. Hmm. The most of the uh, the flowers are kind of a pale. White or even a green kind of one, so they're just kind of there. Okay, okay. But uh, uh, Calvin's giant uh, had a nice, big, beautiful flower. You know, yeah. we have, you know, we have one more here. We mm-hmm. do. If anybody has a, you'd probably. I, I don't think it would uh, fare well in um, freezing weather, but uh, so far mine. Is putting on new foliage and new blooms and everything, but uh, but uh, if you wanna you wanna have one, Trace there's confirmed. still one there's still one available here. Trace at the, confirmed at the, it. There's still one available here. And uh, you've enjoyed your, Lulu. Lulu, one. Yeah, that's right. That uh, she's she's ha- she has uh, she may have two, uh, but. Uh, yeah, she's had a real educational success with those. No, I'm glad that worked butterfly. out. Uh oh, she heard her name again. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, poor 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 woman. Mm-hmm. But that's cool. No, I'm glad that all worked out. So we have two uh two monarch mamas. One here at the nursery and we have Lulu. Yeah. Okay. I th- I thought it was uh well, they were, they were kind of funny when uh, they expressed their uh, pleasure with uh, to trace on the getting access to the caterpillars and uh, and the process of the of the this pro- the program and uh, r- raising the uh, caterpillars. Yeah, maybe and, that's the next. Is that going to be the next uh, class you give here? Is 
We'll we'll certainly mention it. Embracing and, uh, the about, caterpillar. Yeah. But we don't we don't want uh, it. Probably in the long term, it's more important to figure out how to be successful growing milkweed in your backyard than it is to uh, be able to raise two or three caterpillars every right. winter. So. But it's fun. Yep, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a good class. And uh, someone was asking again on the classes when they were. So do real quick before we go to break, tell us about the classes and what you'll be discussing. Okay, the the uh, first first class is here at Millburgers, and it is uh, on uh, February third, and uh, we uh, at uh, ten a.m. and uh, we can, we've uh, have room for thirty five individuals to participate. You need to call in and uh, reserve a spot mm-hmm. if you want to. Uh, participate, and then there's the the second program will be at the uh, medical center, education resource center over there at Dream Hill Estates, and that that one is two ten three eight two four four five five, and that program is on uh, uh, March second, and that that's at oh, nine thirty okay. so a.m. About a month, about a month after. Yeah. Okay. That's right, and we're the uh, we're in the mid- the process for the programs. We're in the middle of that. We've got a str- we're stratifying the seed. Uh, actually, that's uh, another big word for you, right? I know. Oh, eight, man. Eight, write that one down. Too. Eight different uh, yeah. seed varieties. Um, I think yeah, all all of them are are native in the vicinity. Um, and so, but some of them have different requirements in terms of stratification. What? What? Oh, I I was calling that uh, process sterilization. Oh, and and uh, <laughs> one, one of the seed, seed companies uh, got impatient with me. It's not sterilization; it's stratification. stratification. Yeah, there, there's a little difference I'm guessing yeah. between them. Between so, the two. Uh, in the old days, I said, just put them in a paper bag and put them in the vegetable crisper at the, base, at the bottom of the refrigerator. But now we're more scientific about it because of what Calvin said. Different milkweeds species have different requirements. Okay. And so, well, and then that's part of one of the things we're testing. Too, right, uh, right. That's what, that we're doing a lot of work on this. Yeah, it'd be nice. Uh, the simpler the process, the... The the more valuable it would be in terms of uh, backyard gardening for milkweed, but if it's going to take a, a somewhat elaborate stratification process, that's what we'll have to we'll have to do, and then uh, get get some of those plants started. Also, uh, on a lot of them, it, it takes a while for them to get established. Um, now our Mark, you mentioned the butterfly weed. That one, that one's pretty quick. That, yeah, that's pretty. Actually, uh, I have your article uh-huh. from, from uh, let's see, December twenty-three. So you mentioned some of the uh, different milkweeds. We have uh, antelorporn. We have green. We have showy. We have swamp. We have cizoides, and we have butterfly weed. So all different ones in this in this area. That's right. So that'll be. Yeah, we may, uh, you know, we we may find out that some are much easier. Well, we we've all already found out that 
and we knew this, that butterfly weed was easy to germinate. Yes. And the uh, zeloides uh, is uh, relatively easy. You don't have to do any stratification there. Um, that's another one that I uh, d- d- don't always pronounce well. No, no, we're gonna I take don't a, either. We're going to take a quick break, get you caught up the news, and we hope when we come back we'll be talking with the San Antonio Zoo about their butterfly house. We're back with Millburgers Gardening South Texas, live from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery at 1604 in Bolverde Road. Come out to visit or call us at 210-308-8867. That's 210-308-8867. And now back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas, broadcasting live from beautiful Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery at 1604 and Verde Road. It's a bright, sunny day. It's a little chilly, but it's still now the, the clouds have parted. And we're going to make a visit to uh, the San Antonio Zoo right now through the magic of radio and talk to one of their butterfly specialists because I was uh, enjoying the uh, butterfly house there, uh, I guess, last week. And... Uh, I took lots of pictures for Calvin, uh, and uh, and I didn't share those pictures with you, Mark. But uh, I know I, I was kinda, I was upset there for a second. I'm sorry. I will send you those pictures. But I, I thought, okay, let's talk a little bit about this because that's a it's a wonderful opportunity right in your own backyard, so to speak. Uh, and our uh, specialist, butterfly specialist with the San Antonio Zoo, correct me if I got your name wrong. So it's it's Kian, Kian Romero. Yeah, yeah, Kian Romero. Welcome to the Hi. show. How are you doing today? Doing great. How are you guys? We're doing terrific. Talk a little bit about the uh, the Butterfly House. And our, our specialist is Dr. Calvin Finch. He's on the right-hand side of your uh, phone. On, on the radio dial? Of, yeah. Well, she's, she's on the phone right now. <laughs> oh, okay. So you can, he's, he's sitting there right here. But, uh, yeah, we uh, it really was beautiful. Yeah, so our butterfly exhibit, it is absolutely gorgeous. Um, We have anywhere between 400 and 500 butterflies flying at a time within it, and it normally ranges between 30 to 40 species. And those species are coming anywhere from Africa, Asia, South America. So you have a large variety when you go visit that exhibit. So you definitely make it part of your visit. Yeah, and it's um, one of the things that they uh, brought up was uh, that there was a butterfly exhibit before, but it wasn't open year-round, or this one is now open year-round? This one is open year-round. We did have one before. I used to work in that one as well. Oh, good. Um, It was seasonal, so we normally close that one end of October, November, right before it got too too chilly um but this house since it's all climate controlled we get to enjoy them year-round now yeah um so uh, what what is the the goals in terms of the education uh impact is it uh, uh local localized or or, or or is it all international um, so we, the ones inside the house are international, but like our conservation, our message for guests is pollinators in general. So we're trying to encourage gardening with local flowers. Um, the, your nurseries help us a lot. So butterflies, bees, hummingbirds, 
trying to do conservation for all pollinators. But inside mm-hmm. the house, yes, it is international species. Um, and then I noticed uh, I was bragging on to these guys that because I'm kind of the the novice. I'm I'm barely the green thumb, but I noticed a uh, porter <laughs> weed in the uh, yes. butterfly. Did I notice that right? And then yes, there was some. Oh, and pentas. Pentas, yes. Okay. Those are you, definitely a pollinator favorite. Yeah, they. Uh, um, what are some of the other plants that you guys have in the house? Um, we have some different types of palm trees. They're a little smaller and hidden, so they might not have been quite as noticeable. Those kind of provide more shelter for butterflies than necessarily mm. food and pollination sources. We also have papaya trees, um, fiddly figs. Um, what else am I thinking of? The rubber trees. Um, a lot of different trees in there. Porterweed, pentas are one of their main sources for nectar. Um, they do also pollinate the mango trees inside. You'll often oh. papaya. Sorry, not mango. Papaya. You'll often see the papayas on the tree. And I saw, and, and uh, both of you guys can address this if you will. I saw that there were little baskets. They looked like what you would have put suet in, uh, mm-hmm. but they were full, filled with fruit. Uh, yes. And the butterflies, anybody can do that. Butterflies at my house will like that just as much as the butterflies at the at the exhibit? Absolutely. That is a great way to help pollinators, to help, especially butterflies. Um, it's a great way if you don't have a lot of ground space or space to do plants, you can uh, substitute with fruit. Uh, so any of the little like suet feeders, the bird feeders, um, bananas are a big favorite, Whoa. papayas, mangoes, oranges. You can use all of that stuff to help that's, pollinators. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking papaya and mango uh, would be a great combination. Mm-hmm. How, how, how does it, uh, how do you coordinate with uh, old monarch initiatives in the, that we have in this area? Is, that, so is there, is there lot, some... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we do a lot with Monarch Watch. So we'll do tagging programs throughout the zoo. Um, we'll get our volunteers to help us. Um, it's a great way because guests see us doing it in the zoo. So it's a great opportunity for them to watch and learn from it and ask questions. Um, and we report all of that back to Monarch Watch. Um, to help them with their research that they're doing as well. And we have pollinator gardens throughout the zoo that help our local pollinators as well. We're uh, talking to uh, Kian Romero, who is a butterfly specialist with the San Antonio Zoo, talking about, and, and I keep messing it up, I, I, I just call it the butterfly house. Is, is, is that the correct name, or what should they ask for when they get there to get directions to it? Up nope, can. John Less Butterfly Rainforest. Butterfly Rainforest. Okay. And do you have a favorite? Because the butterflies in there are beautiful. Or are they all your children? They're all my children. It's hard <laughs> to have a favorite. I can't pick a favorite. <laughs> Is there uh, one that you're? I mean, how many different species? I don't remember what she said. We're in the uh, the butterfly rainforest. I don't think she did. Thirty and forty different species. Wow! And they How all many? 30, <laughs> 30 to forty. Okay. They all get along. They no fights. No. Uh, no. Uh, no. 
they're, they're all good. They have plenty of space, plenty of food sources. That's why you, um, I'm sure you saw the other feeders we had throughout the exhibit. Um, you might have seen the little ones with marbles that had like a red liquid yeah. in it. That is an alternative nectar source that we give them. We also had some bowls placed out. The blue bowls had marbles with water in it to give them additional water sources. And then we had some white bowls that also had marbles, but that has a special brew that we make. It's called banana brew. Um, so it has mashed up bananas, organic sugar, um, bee pollen, probiotics. So it gives them a whole lot of extra nutrients. So that's one is of the, the ways. Is the main purpose to uh, keep a, the 40 uh, different varieties uh alive or is there some breeding programs or uh, how is it used so it's not for breeding it's just to help like you said keep them alive keep them healthy keep them strong so that they can have that longevity in the house and it also gives because we have so many different species it gives alternate food sources because some species prefer flowers and nectar and others prefer fruit um, even in the wild, you would find that within these species. So it gives them more of what they would expect to find in the wild. Okay, okay cool. Um, uh, Kian, uh, Trace Hazlett is up here. He's uh, He runs the nursery here, and uh, he had a question yesterday. Do you want to ask your question? Because I, I know the answer to it since I went through, but people I, might be curious. I don't remember what it was. Well, your your question was, Does do the butterflies ever get out? Uh, oh, yes. Does yes. they ever sneak on somebody and take a piggyback ride outside of the uh, exhibit? And do so sirens that, alarm? <laughs> there are no sirens, um, but that is why we have the double doors to ensure that that does not happen. Yeah. And also the curtain fans, I'm sure... You heard and felt them as you walked in and out the doors. Those fans that kind of blow down on you, that's to help push the butterflies back in so they can't get near that door. Um, but if they do ride into that vestibule area with you, we have nets and trained staff in there that can safely remove the butterfly from any guests that they're hitchhiking on and put them back into the exhibit. first yeah. thing I thought of was Milton getting tangled in the nets. and. <laughs> <laughs> trapped like that just ah but yeah it, it was really fun because the uh, things you didn't think of uh that were brought to your attention from the get-go was you know uh watch your footing because and yeah. i've seen this here at millburgers uh when they've watered plants uh the butterflies love that that little water i think it's i thought it was because not only the water but maybe minerals kind of coming from the soil or that is exactly yes. right. Yes. They do the same behavior within the house yeah. as well when we water. They really, they want those minerals. <laughs> yeah, and then also they said if you don't want the butterfly on you, uh, please contact someone uh, and we will get it off you. Don't try to get it off yourself, which uh, which was actually good advice because uh, I guess you could kind of react in a little bit of fear and kind of push it away too uh, strongly. Who's afraid of a butterfly? Yeah. What's that? Who would be afraid of a butterfly? I don't know. Somebody could freak out, but but I guess that's why you is that why you tell people in case they do freak out and in case they do, or there's special ways to pick them up that won't damage their wings. So we just want to make sure we avoid any damage to any of our butterflies in the house. So that's why we ask guests to let us do it and not to try to remove it on their own. Is there at any point that you release any of them? 
We cannot release anybody that we've had in the house. Um, they're all non-native, so that would not be the best yeah. for our native pollinators and environment. So they do all remain within the exhibit. So we'll ask the question a different way. So like you're walking to the exhibit, right? And the zoo has beautiful, beautiful horticulture. Lots of great plants. Mm-hmm. What, what, what will you see on your way to the exhibit? You'll see we do have some lantanas. There's also some porterweed outside. Um, I believe they have some bogavia. They frequently change what is outside of our house. Um, so you'll see a variety throughout the year. Oh, um, they do. How about any milkweed? How about the butterflies? Oh, well, hang on. Sorry. How about the butterflies? Because we'll see them here at the nursery on the lantanas. Which ones do we see around here? We see the swallowtails and... Oh, gosh, yeah. We see uh, b- black swallowtails and some, giant so, swallowtails. So, yeah. We well, see some uh, like viceroys and yeah. queens. Right now. I'm the one with the weird questions. We Has anybody one. ever tried to return one from outside that <laughs> is not one of yours? <laughs> they see it, out, they see it outside they try to put it in? Occasionally, they do see some natives outside, and they do let it. They haven't brought them to us, but they do tell us, and then we get the opportunity to explain to them what they're looking at, and that these are actually our native butterflies. Um, but I haven't had anybody physically the butterfly bring posse. <laughs> okay, very cool. And then, um, any other questions, guys? Uh, Calvin, did you want to? Um, no, I, I, I'm just interested, curious as to. What the goals, of, uh, purpose were of the program, and what, uh, how much was involved? Did it, did it, do you have uh, whole classes come, or is it all individuals, or mostly young people? It varies throughout the year. During the school year, we do get quite a few field trips that do go through the house, which is great. Um, you get to educate whole classes. Um, we get families. We get individuals. We get people from all over the world that come to see this exhibit. And it really is part of your mission at the very complimentary to the, the mission of the San Antonio Zoo. Yeah, absolutely. So okay. I got another one. Uh-oh, Trace. Right, so, so, sorry, you know, Kian. At some, at some <laughs> zoos, you know, they always, they, they like trade animals and oh, that's a things question. like that. Is this a permanent fixture at the zoo? And would you ever consider trading, but, trading butterflies with another zoo that's doing the same thing? This is a permanent um, exhibit with our zoo. We don't trade butterflies back and forth. Just everything that goes into it with the permits and stuff doesn't really allow oh. us to do that. They do stay here, um, but they have a great life living here at yeah. our butterfly rainforest. Well, cool. Well, Kian, uh, folks can go there now, open all the time they, when they go to the zoo there is a small fee uh to uh, go into the butterfly house but i took tons of pictures i mean those butterflies are very photogenic uh yeah. <laughs> and uh some of the other patrons were a little uh, precocious uh especially a younger one uh do you have moths in the butterfly uh house as well from time to time, we do have atlas moths and African moon moths. Um, moths typically take a little longer to develop and emerge, so we don't have them as consistently as we do 
the variety of butterflies, but there are times throughout the year that you will see a moth in the so butterfly. So there was a huge, what appeared to be a butterfly, I guess. Uh, I mean, it was probably, wow, I don't know, uh, three and a half to four inches wide, tall. Uh, and it was just sitting there. And uh, somebody's mom said, oh, look at that butterfly. That's beautiful. At which point their child said, with, with this tone, Ken, that's a moth. And so uh, <laughs> I didn't know if it was indeed a moth or whether mom was indeed right. Uh, so, um, from what you're describing, I feel like mom was probably looking at one of our owl butterflies. So mom was right in this situation. Um, we, we do get listening. that a lot. The owls do look similar to a moth or what you would expect to see from a moth, but they are actually a butterfly. Okay. Do you have I, another weird I, question? I got, oh, I got man. another one. <laughs> uh, all right. So I understand there's an entrance fee. Uh-huh. Is it a reduced entrance fee for somebody with a year pass? Oh, I don't know. Because I have a year pass. No, um, we don't do like discounts on the exhibit itself. A lot of what we're doing with the exhibit is actually going back to conservation. So they're already helping pollinators and conservation the second they purchase that ticket and come into the butterfly house. Um, where we're getting our chrysalis from is from the countries that these butterflies are native from. One of our biggest places is out of Costa Rica. And these funds help him continue his sustainable butterfly breeding programs that he has. And he also purchases more rainforest land that they use as conservation land for butterflies, hmm. for tarantulas, for mammals, for birds. So it's helping numerous species just by coming and visiting a butterfly house. Yeah. Uh, well, Kian, anything else uh, that you can think of, guys? Anything else? No, appreciate the information. Um, the only other thing I'd like to throw in there is people are interested in a more in-depth, behind-the-scenes view of the Butterfly House. We now are offering online on our website behind-the-scenes butterfly tours of the Butterfly House. Oh, how cool. And they all get to do like a live uh, butterfly release as part of that experience inside the Butterfly House. And that Um, website is? SanAntonioZoo.org. And they can find it under the Experience tab. We also have a bunch of other great behind-the-scenes experiences that they're interested in any of those. Yeah. And how about the new entrance? Man, if you haven't haven't been in a while, you're not going to recognize it. It's beautiful. No. Sometimes I forget, but that's the (laughs) Well, cool. Kian Romero, butterfly specialist with the San Antonio Zoo, has been our guest. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a quick break while we do. Give us a call at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. More after this on Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM, The Answer. Any old place I call my home, I got to go. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM, The Answer. That was nice to have Keon as a part of the show. And they do a good job, and it really is pretty. It is absolutely gorgeous and a lot of fun. Bring your phone. Take some pictures. Uh, 210-308-8867. Uh, 210-308-8867. Uh, and is it- I, w- I was disappointed uh, that none have ever escaped. Oh. 
Uh, Are you looking for like a great escape moment? Yeah, I was. I was. I was kind of hoping some of them be like sirens and and teams with butterfly nets would be yelling, (laughs) "Make a hole! Make a hole!" You know, they were racing out to get one. He wants a Shawshank Redemption moment from the Butterfly House. I'm I'm just happy the grackles can't get inside. Yeah. Uh, Oh, uh, yes, that would be bad because I've seen grackles here. Yes. They are not friends of the uh, not butterflies. No. 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 Uh, and they, they, and they, they gloat. The crackles, they gloat. They have, like, the butterflies. Oh, they in gloat. The, yeah, they gloat. And uh, they have the butterfly in their mouth with the wings on either side, and they just kind of stand and look at you going, ha, 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 see what I caught. Did you ever uh, hear what happened here with me? Um, no. There was a... Uh, I'm going pre- to pretend I haven't because it's pretty... Funny, kind of. Yeah. There was a butter, uh, a hummingbird moth that was on some of the stuff, and Calvin pointed it out, and I went, oh, my goodness, I don't think I've ever seen it. Look, it looks like, I mean, I'm just in, gushing I'm gushing about this, yeah. because it really was fascinating, at which point a grackle came down and popped it into its mouth and started chomping on it. And my reaction was, ah! <laughs> The circle of life is not pretty. <laughs> so anyway, I have not seen that since. But um, I promise you, it happens every day. I, I don't doubt it. Some, uh, somewhere, probably every minute, somewhere in the world. Really? Oh well, yeah, sure. But uh, yes, uh, the, the grackles here at Millburgers and, yes. the, and the moths I and butterflies. I see butter- them now. Do they eat anything else besides butterflies and moths? I would assume anything they can catch. What do grackles eat? Grackles don't go after hummingbirds, do they? We, we know they go after lemons and limes. And yes, yes, we do. They, uh, yeah, grackles eat everything. just about a thing, yes. Oh, okay. That's why they're surviving in such a pest. Oh, okay. They eat just about everything. Huh. Okay. We, we did talk about the cannon at UT, right, that they fire off to scare the grackles. Oh, to scare the grackles? Yeah. Well, no, we didn't, but go ahead. So I, I, I have Looked a, into a, it? Did you look into it for here? No, well, we don't have that many, but on the on forty acres, there's plenty of grackles and plenty of trees. Yeah, so uh, yes, they good. would they would shoot the cannon off pretty regular to uh, get the grackles to fly away, and they'd be back shortly. Oh yeah, they the city did something similar, yes, didn't they? Yeah, they did along the river walk. Well, pecan orchard, orchards yeah. to do it too. Uh, no, they but there was it was it loud music or was it no it booming? Was, it, was, it was a, a cannon fire. Well, it was. Shotgun uh, uh, pistols that they used to start races. Okay, so someone's it. job was to go yeah. downtown and shoot it yes. off. And yes, there was a team that did that. Yeah, if you do that now, you probably have. Yeah, a that could be a problem. Heart right. Do you? Okay, so did they find success? And I guess the idea is you scare them away, and if you scare them away enough times, they don't come no, back. It was temporary it, success. It, yes. Okay. It, very temporary. Okay. But Trace kind of alluded to they come back. Oh. Rather rapidly. Okay. Mm. I'm, I'm I'm sure their parents love them, but it's like only a, a bird only a mother could love. Yes. Um, what what do grackles do besides uh, eat pollinators and cause problems with? I mean, what so, what, what, what so is? I can assume annoying. there's a few things that that annoy like, us that like grackles. Mm. Uh, I bet you uh, hawk. Oh, do hawks like grackles? Some, yeah. Okay, they'll eat the grackles? Okay. But they, uh, grackles uh, travel, a lot of them travel together, too, so it's a kind of a formable um, 
I was trying to remember if I've ever seen a hawk attack a Milton. Uh, uh, this is crackle for you. in a herd. This is for you. Uh, what's that? This, for you and Al. This is your homework for next week. Okay, our homework is a herd of crows is called a oh uh, no, it's called a, a murder murder that's right. of crows. Right. What would be a flock of crackles called? Oh, okay. So should I look it up now? No, no, no. Well, uh, this is for okay. your homework, or, or anybody listening, if they would know. Does a uh, flock of grackles have a special name? Okay. Because grackles are related to the crows. I've got a name for them. Yeah, well, I don't think we're going to say it. I, I, they hit the button. Make, make the button. Oh, ready. my goodness. Well, this word probably is not too far off for what your word is going to be. Yeah. Uh, although it's not, it just, okay, I did look it up. Okay. Oh. Do you want me to tell? Yeah. yeah. They're called Can a plague. A plague. <laughs> a plague of grackles. A plague of grackles. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Wow. Poor Grackles. Their PR people did not do a good job in, in getting them named. All right. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Or toll-free 866-308-8867. Let's talk about uh, one of the things we talked about covering. That's something that you could be doing actually on a nice day like today, covering preparing for the weather to come. What are some other things that you think folks should be doing? This well, one guy was cutting down... Uh, we were we spent a lot of time moving, yeah. The stuff that we we know we're going to move and gathering it together, so that it can be covered, even if it is windy, when we're covering, because that's oh. a, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah, put a big cloth over something when it's windy. So we gather the things first, so we know where it is. Okay, and then as we get closer, we determine what's going to go inside, and what we're going to cover. Okay. So that's what people should be doing now. Yep. And if you look, yes. cloths are already ready in case yeah. in case Actually, we're going to cover. Okay. Well, you you guess they will. And what they the, oh, I was going to look at the uh, best thing uh, is local. that this you don't see it now, but the staff one staff has to lay down there and sleep on each row of, along with the uh, fabric that. Trace was it's pointing the out. The heat of their bodies is actually the heat <laughs> yeah. that's uh, being supplied to the plants. Uh, you can't see it on your radio, but uh, yeah, Trace is grimacing and burying his head in his <laughs> arms. <here. laughs> he's acknowledging it. Oh, is that what he's doing? Uh, anything you should be doing in terms of chemicals or treating? We talk about the pre emergence sometimes and things like that. Compost. Um, oh, I'm, yeah. There are, yeah, yeah. There are leaves. So, you know, we talk about grass. Uh, at least 20 times a day. Grass? Um, yeah. Okay. That's one of the questions I get every day. So there's so many new homes that are going up, and they just throw the Bermuda down, and you know they don't roll it. Nothing's level. So there's no way for them to cut it to the correct height to be conserving of water and keeping the weeds out mm-hmm. until they get a level yard. So the only way to do that is regular doses of compost while it is cool okay and are you leveling the compost or it takes care of itself well it's a little of both okay uh, and there's no way in in one le- one throw you're going to get everything level uh so it's a several year battle to get to that point all right well uh, i know i was looking up the uh, weather forecast uh i've got it hour by hour but i can't find a 10 oh here's a 10 day oh not available okay that's that stinks but anyway, uh, um, Trace is correct. Uh, 
You could be doing composting right now. Well, they, okay. Um, we'll talk about it another time, too, but I know people like to build up their their yards. But does composting build it up? Like you, they you used bet. to put soil, and that, well, com- I think people com- frown upon that. So compost is going to hold moisture. Well, you, um, you, a lot of times you think of uh, compost as, uh, if, you know, you, you want to maintain the two inches of compost. Mm-hmm. You have to keep adding it because this is basically the, this is one big compost pile here. Okay. And this is, it's not like Michigan or where, where the material accumulates uh, because of the, the weather. There's, there's very little organic material in our soil. Because it does decompose constantly. Okay. But they keep adding it, and they're going to build up a, a layer that can hold moisture. Yeah. Someday, Saws is going to tell us we can only water every other week. It's it's mm. inevitable. Maybe. Okay. Uh, no, in he's probably case, right. In which case, having the compost doing he, it now to build it up. Right. So how often would you put it down? I, mean, I you would, said do, I would it now. do twice a year on, okay. on most grasses. Zoysia, I would probably do it more like six or seven times, but thinner layers. Oh, okay. Because it's very hard to get it to sift down through. I, so, I, ideally, we want to do it twice a year. If, same you t- if, if you can't do it that amount, then do it at least once a year. Do you have a way to remember when to do it? Like, well, as long as it's not hot at night. So okay. we, we do Yeah, spring and fall. Yep. Okay, which is the same time you fertilize. Yeah. Okay, yes. so fertilize and then at the same time do compost and fertilizer together. Well, no, no. Well, I would okay. be doing I would be doing the fertilizer once you had to mow twice, which is okay. Right. Historically, going to be sometime in April, and generally by the time you hit mid-April, you're already too late to do compost. So it's got to be done when it's cool. Compost is warm, and when you put it out when it's warm, it gets hotter. Oh, and then you can actually cause more damage than good. Okay, so, so if you want to do it a month. Then we do it anywhere from the end of this month to middle of March. Okay. And then again in October to November. Okay. Más o menos. You know, that's why I initially said season. I'm just thinking. Okay. Okay. And um, am I selling you some compost today? Well, okay. I know that, like. When you're putting it down, I guess, in the spring, in March, because you have it on sale, don't you, by the way? Uh, it's still I on sale? I can't remember. I'll look and see. But the um, do you notice a green up? Of you, can, the- you can get very similar results to fertilizer, but it is not in lieu of fertilizer. It's not, okay. It's not the same thing. Oh, no, it's no longer on sale. So I didn't think so. No. Depends on what your uh, issues are with your lawn, if it's... Uh, compacted soil, or if it's uh, mm, you brought that up yeah. before, yeah, yeah. And, you, and, and so, have, but yes. compost. Oh, I got a question. Contributes to a lot, a lot of uh, issues. To answer your question, yes, yes, you will see a difference. I had a, an experiment at Saws. Uh, we had I was rebating compost. Uh, this is uh, around 2007, 2008, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, I wanted to do kind of an experiment. It was right before spring bloom. And uh, I had uh, uh, one of the applicators in town, Shelby Nameless, they were blowing the compost I remember uh, that. Uh, on this. And, I don't remember who it was, but I do and, remember and, that. And uh, it turned out they were using Saw's Biosolids as part of their compost mist. Okay. And 
It was very aromatic. Oh. Uh, we did it four days before spring bloom. And I was no. on my on my knees in the parking lot. Please, please, Lord, let the let <laughs> let it uh. let it do its magic and dissipate uh, before spring bloom. But the point of it is, you could see a distinct half the half the parking lot was beautiful green and half was not. So uh, yes. So I guess the the leading question is, did it still smell? Not it would barely, barely. By Doesn't by the time we got to uh, spring bloom, we did it on Tuesday, and spring bloom was on Saturday. And yes, it was a little bit aromatic, but not not, not very long. It doesn't stay. Nah. Okay, so I seem to recall my brain. This is coming up um, that you also could benefit. The yard could benefit from doing composting after aeration. So that was the the best time, a core okay. a core aerator in like uh, early March. Compost right behind it gives you even better results than just compost over the top. Okay, but, but that the aeration doesn't need to be done every time. It's uh, it's more like every other year. Oh, okay. And then are you aerating? When do you aerate? It's uh, did, oh, once Same. a year. Is that what you said? One. Uh, most most of the time, it's recommended every other year. But the oh, same, okay. The, the same time, and then you would add the compost. Yeah, okay. And some of the compost sifts down in the holes. Oh. And Milton, if you have a sprinkler system, please don't aerate. That could have told me that before I tried to help Calvin. Uh, don't don't <laughs> hit the, don't hit the wires too in the irrigation system. Yes. Don't hit the the the, the PVC pipe or the. Calvin says he still wakes up in the middle of the night screaming about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Let's take this opportunity to take a quick break, but give us a call at 210-308-8867. Mark Peterson, Trace Hazlett, and Dr. Calvin Finch. I'm Milton Glick. Back after this on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Milberger's Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM. The answer, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, and toll-free, it's 866-308-8867. All right, well, let's see. What else is going on in the gardening world, gentlemen? Um, yes, sir? What? Well, we're just we're getting close to the time. Let's see, what do we got? Another another month to plants veg, winter vegetables but um one of the sooner the better get them in if you yes. want um uh, and that's uh we have a, a wide variety but uh broccoli spinach onions potatoes but, uh, uh, all, all of those are the timing is pretty good for uh, now. cauliflower cauliflower is kind of uh, yeah, well, well, yeah yeah we're <laughs> we're getting towards the end of that yeah if that uh, but kale, we have we have kale here. Yeah, um, all that. Uh, I didn't mention this yesterday, but uh, winter er- cool season herbs: uh, cilantro, dill, parsley. Dill and parsley are important for what? Milton. Butterflies. That's correct, sir. <laughs> Chives. Yeah, now a chef a chef might uh, dispute yeah, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, mint. And we talked about mint yesterday. Uh, these are all cool season herbs that you should be planting. Uh, 
What's that? What are you? Oh, yeah, I, they were. I think they were looking for a cashier. Uh oh. Uh oh. But anyway, that. Oh that, no, they, maybe it was the bathroom. Oh, okay, that's important. <laughs> so that that uh, that was important here. We have that, and we all have those here. All those are here. And yep. and we got us uh, still yeah some uh, great great times for uh, attractive uh, blooms and uh, cyclamen of course are here. Primula, uh, pansies, mm-hmm. the snapdragons, dianthus. Uh, uh, gosh, those uh, calendulas. Yeah. So, you, they, uh, if you want to, you know, if you got some company coming, and or you just want to perk up your landscape. Uh, let's see, it's just we're uh, we're halfway in January, February, March, April. We still got uh, most of those. We still have three months. Of color from oh absolutely for cool season absolutely I was straightening up the bulbs this morning and we still have oh, uh, we still wow. have garlic oh wow so we have elephant garlic and regular garlic yeah, okay and that's that's for people who want garlic or it's people who want a pretty flowering plant so these are the eating kind okay uh, the alliums uh, we actually sold out of so next year I'm going to double the order but. Uh, we could yeah, the sell aliums for the ornamentals, right? Or for yeah. food, yeah. We could still put uh, some uh, uh, rhizomes and bulbs and corms in the ground if they've been stratified already. Been have been sterilized? No, stratified. <laughs> stratified. That's a, a Calvin cool. joke. I don't know if you heard yeah, that before. Yeah. Uh, but uh, daffodils okay. are are one you, of our uh, best uh, ball plants. Aren't you, aren't you getting some, uh, t- are you getting some, uh, well, at least one variety of tulips that you were coming in that were already stratified or? Uh, or the frozen or so chilled? We had one variety come in and it's already gone. And right. It's already gone. Uh, no, yeah. they weren't uh, subjected to enough cold to do anything. So oh, okay. That's, okay. To do that. yeah, that's why I, I hesitated a bit because I knew they came in December. No, sold out. no, much sooner than that. We hope to be okay. out by December. Oh, uh, they come in in uh, early October. Oh, really? What's that? The tulips? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the tulips, hyacinths, uh, paper whites. Well, the, the yeah, flags. The, there you go. The, the paper garlic. whites is a good one. Those are all gone though. Okay, all I new. remember. I think when the the year we had the chilled tulips here, they came in. You had to order them, and then they came in chilled. I don't think y'all chilled them, but you got them right before or. Approximately in I December. I heard stories about a refrigerator here somewhere. Oh, really? Then yeah. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe no, no, they want no. you. No, that's what I'm referring to. That that time. Okay. Yeah. So you are correct. There's a hidden refrigerator, huh? Well, yeah. I'm that, assuming it became the employee refrigerator after the. Fact. Oh, maybe so. They they made fun of me because they said I planted them up. I put them in a, a little uh, whiskey barrel, and they said I put them upside down, and I was like, oh, well, I'll change it, and that was the joke for the newbie that you can't. can't uh, you can't plant it upside down. You can't plant them upside no, down. They no, I was just—I'm looking at you, going, "No." Yeah. Then they took. Then they asked me to go on a snipe hunt. Mm-hmm. They said there were snipes were all around the nursery and causing problems. Would I help them? Two days, I looked for those snipes. <laughs> just kidding. But yes, they so did make fun of me because there is such a thing as a snipe. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Oh, is there really? Yes. Oh. Yeah, there is. That's woodcock. Okay. Another name. Okay. Well, uh, in, in woodworking, it's called. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. 
Okay, I just um, remember that was the hunt that they would send you on at Boy Scout camp. That that you never found it. You never found the snipe. Okay, uh, very difficult to find. It is, uh, it is getting towards that time for fruit trees, and you have. Mm-hmm. I still have two trucks outstanding, but okay. we've got a great selection already of uh, fruit as well as berries. A lot of the berries. Oh we yeah, we don't talk Ooh. a lot about the berries. Some of the figs, peaches, pears, plums. The figs, uh, blackberries. What kind of figs? The figs are great. Uh, I think there's three or four varieties now, but there's more coming on the. Can't remember if it's a truck Baron. coming Tuesday. Oh, there's a bunch of red, red berries. Baron. The Florida King is our peach. That's the one. Like. That's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, La Feliciana or Techstar would be where I would go. Yeah. Oh, on the okay. Yes, because we went and talked about chilling hours yesterday. And chilling yeah. hours does not mean thirty-two degrees; it means forty-eight, five, forty-eight. Okay, that's it. Bad. Depends for each species or selection. And, but or we can confuse you further if you yes. like, please, because you can actually trick the ones that are higher with ice. What? Yeah. So I've heard. How do you trick them with ice? You put it on the trunk, and they think it's colder than it is. Huh. And how? Uh, what does this look like? How are you putting it? I've just heard it. I've never. Am I piling it. up like mulch? Am Not I? easy. Okay. Because you're you're talking about a, generally a lot of hours. And a lot of oh. ice. Oh, oh yeah, because yeah, I guess you would have to. Does this come from your experience? With no, I'm, I'm I just chill hours are, you know. Four hundred dollars or five hundred dollars, and does it have to be? Is there anything that negates a chill hour? So, if it gets down to forty-five tonight for five hours, that's five chill hours, right? Correct. But let's say that was the first forty-five of this of the year, uh, and then for the next month, it doesn't get below fifty. Is it still just had to just had five chill hours, or does it kind of that gets? That's a pretty good question. Oh, thank you. Okay, well, we're, we're going to stop the show now. <laughs> <laughs> he knows there's a long pause. Uh-huh. So that, yeah. That's yeah, a great question. You don't, you don't know. Uh, the, there is a lot of uh, relationships there that have to be fulfilled. And and, and uh, with when you've got that long period in between, that does not meet the chill uh, definition of what a chill hour is quite often you're not you're not getting the same advantage of it the worst scenario is you get it too early oh then you have that month of warm and they go into bloom oh they're going to because they've gotten and then the next yes. next freeze zaps them all hmm. and that's what Th- they're most worried about that happens very people. often yes oh is that right yes yeah. th- um what about loquats do we, I'm guessing we have low cots. Uh, I had a bunch, but we sold a bunch for Christmas. Really? Right? Okay. Christmas, when will they Christmas start quats, ripening? Uh, I think they're, well, they're blooming they're, right yeah, now. I'm trying to see if they're... They're, they're on there. Yeah. I don't, they haven't started turning color. Okay. Uh, now we have, I think, one or two five-gallon now. But if I remember correctly, there's a slew of them coming in this week. This oh, week good. Next week. Okay. Yeah, and they're blooming. They're blooming now. They've been blooming for. A they couple have weeks. been blooming, yes. Sir. And, and we did. I, I remember ordering some fifteen gallon and thirty gallon because those have not been readily available. Oh, since the big freeze. 
So do people use loquat as a... Screen? Yes. Yes. Okay. Is that common? We had one. We lived in a home that we moved into that had, had a home. Was it a special home? Yes. It had loquat as a, uh, as a screen. Loquat and boo, bamboo together mingled, uh, which I think I've been told is rare because they both don't like the same conditions. What? Oh, maybe that, maybe that's wrong. Loquat and Loquat and bamboo. Oh, really? But that, that may be wrong. Is there any know. conditions bamboo don't like? Yeah. Oh, okay. I just spent Does, the, all morning on a work group at the our, our uh, neighborhood cutting out bamboo and uh, talk about a uh, losing its uh, losing your enthusiasm for the plant that, that's sure easy to lose your enthusiasm we just had a bunch of bamboo that the, the landscape department planted mm-hmm. telling the person you know that what they're going to look like during the winter plant it anyway plant it anyway well the next thing I know it's already back here and the guys were throwing it away. Why are you doing that? So we put it back into pots. Um, we'll give it a little drink here and there, and we'll at least be able to salvage them. Huh. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting plant because, yeah, it does exact. It's a great screen until it decides that it wants to be more than a screen. Uh, it wants to come in the house, watch TV. Uh, my, my uncle owned a house downtown. Uh-huh. And the entire, of- the entire backyard became... Bam- I don't doubt bamboo. it. Bamboo. Well, we and then we hear that story too of the uh, a military per, uh, family that got assigned overseas. Yeah. And then came back. Oh and yeah. There and they opened their garage, their garage door, and the bamboo had lifted up the the garage and it was just filled filled up the whole garage with, with bamboo. It's an it's an amazing. It, it's an amazing plant. Yeah, it really is. Resilient. Yes, very much so. And I don't know how you, well, I think you suggested one time how you might kill it, but I don't think the product's on the market anymore. Well, the MSMA is. Yeah, that's what I was going to. Yeah. Bulldozer. But uh, the, I don't think the cut vine and stump uh, killer. Not, not, not listed. Yeah, okay. Well, then I, that, that I ends imagine, it. I imagine there's some salts out there that would do the job, though. Hmm. The amazing I, thing. I don't know. You know, I, I think about it going, yeah, it's really resistant. Yeah. Oh. we uh, It was amazing to me. And I've actually had people, when I've told this story, go, I know, right? Uh, meaning that they had experienced the same thing is, you know, you cut it down, like on Sunday. Monday or Tuesday, you see a little, itty bitty baby sprout coming up where you cut it down. And you're like, okay, well, I will wait until I get back home to, to deal with this. By the time you get back home after eight or nine hours, it's it's like it's taller than the car now. It, well, in my neighborhood, uh, this was years ago, but they had the bulldozer go through with a deep um, raking. Yeah. Yeah. Four then, or five on the then back. And a crew yeah. go through about every, every four foot and... Picking out, pulling out right the because roots. you have to get all the roots and rootlets. Yeah, off of that. And this was uh, twenty plus years ago. Guess what? Can't they haven't done anything since. It's now all back. Mm-hmm. The bamboo's all back. So, so, so professional bamboo growers, which there are people that yes love bamboo that much and re- and sell it. 
they grow to keep the varieties contained they have uh, retaining walls or walks they're at a, built at an angle into the ground and that bamboo wants to grow straight out and if it hits something and it can't go down it goes, it goes up. up okay so they can keep it under control that way uh, if they built the wall just straight up and down, it would actually go down under and back oh, up. Oh, so that's all, interesting. So they're all built at an angle. Because I've heard people talk about that and say that they didn't have any success. I think they said they built a trench and they filled it with concrete. Right, and but it's got to be at an angle. angle. Okay, that may be and why they did it. It's got to be like, probably like three feet deep. Yeah, it has but, to be really uh, deep. But that's, a, that's the only way uh, I can I've see heard it. of containing. Yeah. I can see it now, the suicide note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what, what what frustrated him so much? It was the bamboo. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Mark, we talked a little bit yesterday about the horticultural team or horticulture team at the zoo. Right. Uh, do you think they would tell us uh, stories about bamboo? Oh, uh, yes. yes. I'm sure they would. It's yes, I knew, I knew many of them over the past 40 years. I knew member, many members of the horticultural team at the, at the zoo. Yeah, and it's really they good. They were all... They were all nuts. Uh, oh, is that They right? were driven mad. Oh, by bamboo? By bamboo. Yeah. There, it's, it's, it, it really is pretty. There's some beautiful plants out there. Uh, but, yeah, there's lots of bamboo. Uh, the rhin- rhinoceroses apparently like bamboo. Well, and they would try to claim that they, they like the, the clumping bamboo. Oh, Mark, the clumping bamboo. That's okay. Yeah. I don't trust don't trust it all. We'll stop beating up bamboo. Yes. I and we will take a break for the day. Uh, we'll say goodbye for today. Don't forget, you can always go by and uh, MillburgerNursery.com to find out about upcoming seminars like David's uh, and more. We'll say goodbye for today. Join us next week on Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com salemnow.com